Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Happy opening day, Curtis. Spring training is here. That'll be at 1. I've got a bigger question for you right here now at 9 a.m. Though. All right. How do the Patriots get an elite receiver in the building this year? Because it's a problem without much of a solution from the way I see it. We've got T. Higgins franchised. He is off the board. That's the official news overnight. You at one time were a Marvin Harrison Jr. guy, but you've correctly come over to my side. Yes. Take the quarterback. Fine. I agree. Problem is... You've got a bunch of mud at receiver. Some of that may be leaving. Kendrick Bourne is exploring free agency. Hunter Henry may depart. You still need an elite receiver to win, yes, I think. I mean, Kendrick Bourne isn't an elite receiver. Okay, well, either way. So at least he'd be part of a bunch of a group of number twos if you wanted to approach it that way. Where is the elite guy and how do they get him? So I, uh, the Monday we met uh, Gerard Mayo and spent an hour with him, I left just feeling so good. I walked to my car. I was floating. I was like, wow, an actual human being is a head coach of the Patriots. Who knew? And well, that's since, just because you mocked Greg for half the interview uh, for interrupting others. Yeah, that was good. But, well, did Greg did ask 16 consecutive questions. <laughs> anyway, um, the issue I have with G, the, uh, the way in which the Patriots have conducted business since the time we met Gerard Mayo <laughs> dates back actually to the beginning of this past season where Robert Kraft and his organization has now consumed themselves with things that make them appear better than actually doing the business of making the team better. And as you saw yesterday, unexpectedly, the salary cap rose massively. I remember you mocked me. Oh, it's going to be 224. Nope. Well, right. who, who cares? If you, according to you, it doesn't matter what it is. So Right, because if it went up 16%. So a dollar today. I don't even look at the salary cap anymore. It doesn't even matter, Joe. Why even look at it? Why even because you it? you argued with well because me. the numbers just drastically increased. Right, I Patriots. thought it didn't matter. I thought it didn't matter at its current uh, level. Of course, because the higher it increases, the less the value of a dollar today is going forward. So if you use the salary cap, which is if there was no cap previously, and the cap went up, why does it matter? Because you argued. I never argued it. You argued the point, and you said Curtis is wrong. It's going to be two thirty. What are you talking about? Where's this number come I from? Never we didn't said it was going to be two thirty. Joe Bradman, never... did we do a segment where Ken corrected me about what the cap was going You're to thinking be? Thinking about Shine, I never. No, I, I, I mean, extrapolated I love, I love Shine, but I would never. He's never used the word extrapolate, so I can't say that you. I've shine. never sit, sat here and done the numbers of what the cap okay. is going to be. Either way, we did, but it's. A, I, well, I didn't. Okay. Here's the your here, brain is addled by years of drinking. Let's not forget that. I'm okay, proud my, of you for being sober. My my memory is far better than yours. Is you addled a word? 
you corrected my nadir, or you were incorrect, and then you said <laughs> last week your buddy texted you, and then you did shows for weeks about taking I Brady. I listened to your show yesterday. You misremembered the entire Ray Rice sequence of events. It was a total cluster F. Oh, my God. Okay, what does that have to do with this? Well, you just were praising your memory. I have the best memory of anybody you'll ever meet in your life. Okay, we're 0 for 2 today. Okay. I never set the salary cap at 230, and yesterday you were wrong. But good. So 0 for 2 today because I was wrong yesterday? Okay, 0 for 2 in the last two days. Hey, Ken. My God. Okay. The the Patriots consume themselves with how they appear, not how they play. The Jumbotron was the big story. It was Red Soxian in their press conference. The press conference this week... I believe it was Tuesday or Wednesday where Gerard Mayo introduced the 17 new coaches on the staff was all about these, you know, we we're here. We're going to be around. We're going to answer questions. It was nothing about actual content. It was all fluff. Okay. Which I don't disagree with, but just quick interjection. If I may, you like that approach from Gerard Mayo. You like the human being approach. That's what you just said. You liked at his introductory right. sit down. But the further I get from that meeting, and the more I see of this offseason unfolding, which is just beginning, it's in its infancy, I see the organization basically saying the abscess tooth is gone. We've removed it. Now everything will better. A new tooth will grow in its place. Everything will fit better. Everything will work better. I, I, I thought it was time for Bill Belichick, Bill Belichick to go. Nobody was more vocal than that. They made the right decision. I am all for Gerard Mayo as a head coach. Let's give him a chance. I was not for Elliot Wolf being elevated, Matt Groh being retained, the scouts and the people all around the football personnel department remaining intact. That shows me that for whatever reason, the whole organization deems Bill Belichick to be the problem. And in-game, you can make the argument, I wouldn't, but some have accurately, that in-game, Bill was the only thing keeping this team from winning three games, two games, or one game. So the way the roster is going to be built, the issue with free agency, now that whatever the cap was in 2000, it's totally meaningless today, all these teams are able to keep their good players. So free agency is really not an avenue. It is trading equity, trading capital, a la the Vikings with the Bills, trading with the Bills for for Steph Diggs. You have the Dolphins trading for Tyree Kill. You have the Raiders trading for Devontae Adams. Right. All of those moves are how you acquire a top-end receiver. The issue is that this team is bereft of talent in many areas. So I don't know if it makes sense to trade back to get Justin Jefferson, trade with the Vikings, and then you know, that's how you get your guy because then who's the quarterback? Right. So they need a quarterback at three. We agree on that. Agreed. So the, the way in which they try and find the receiver, from where I sit, it has to be in the second or third round, the way Metcalf, the way these guys have fallen. Which is just a hope. It's just a hope and a prayer. Could happen. I mean, there are plenty of good receivers that have been taken in the second and third rounds, but it's but just... I do not want them to overpay a... Not like they... I mean, I would love to see them overpay some guys because I'd love to see them spend money, but I would, I, I would be far more hesitant to actively pursue free agent-wide receivers where... They're free for they're available for a reason and they're not free. Michael they're, Pittman Jr. Right. Mike Evans. No thank you. And Yeah, I'm with you. That's the problem. I, I, I think we need a legitimate answer. How do they get an elite receiver? Six one seven, seven seven nine, seven ninety three seven. With of course, assuming you agree with Curtis and I that they should take the quarterback at three. Some people don't. Maybe this is opportunity to convince back to Marvin Harrison Jr. But go back to Justin Jefferson for a second. He's twenty four. Is he holy an cow? Elite? He's only twenty. He is only twenty four. Well, then why would he be available? Well, the Vikings are ready to rebuild. I think, although there has been some chatter, they're going to bring Cousins back too. So I guess they might. Who not. better to rebuild with? Right. Well, yeah, I guess. Except you need a quarterback if Cousins doesn't come back. So they need capital to trade up from eleven. They're probably trying to trade with the Patriots right now, right, right. up from eleven to three. Um, would you trade a future first round pick for Justin Jefferson? So the only way I do that, and I don't trust Elliot Wolf, but if the Patriots' brain trust is out on Jaden Daniels, if they want it to be seen that they think this, but they their their scouting tells them Brian Kelly called and said, "Listen, guys, I'm I'm from Boston. I love the Patriots. Act like you want him. Try and maximize the value, but he's not going to be Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen or any of these guys." 
in that case, you trade back. Because if you don't believe Jaden Daniels is the guy, and you may be right or wrong, but you think he's more Bryce Young than he is C.J. Stroud, then you trade back and you, and you get Justin Jefferson. If you think that this guy has the opportunity, even if it's a 15-20% shot of being an all-pro quarterback, then you have to take him. The problem there is, in order to convince a free agent quarterback to come, you need the receiver first, probably. Like, there's, You're not going to convince Baker Mayfield to sign here with the current group of receivers. And you wouldn't get Justin Jefferson until after free agency when Baker Mayfield's gone wherever Mike Evans is gone. It's a real problem. I, I don't know that there's a one-year solution. I mean, I guess the only way is to trade a future first for Jefferson, and that might not even get it done. And you've got to convince him to sign the long-term contract, same thing, before you draft Jaden Daniels. Right. You've got the promise, and we are. We're taking Jaden Daniels. If I were the Patriots and I was looking at the the next three-year window, right, and I was looking to see how I could best maximize the the talent I have on this roster and acquire the number of picks necessary to get this team back to where it is. You and I would agree. You would agree with me, right? Bottom 10 roster, easy in the NFL right now? Exactly. So I would trade Matthew Judon for a second-round pick. If you could get a second for Matthew Judon. Although their defense was pretty good. So is that a... Can they be bottom ten roster with a defense that was that competent? Yes. I mean, okay, yes. Their record was horrible and they won. Look at their currently under contract players on offense. It is awful. So I would trade Matthew Judon if you could for a second round pick. I would maximize the window here. So if I would would take Jaden Daniels because I believe Jaden Daniels is going to be there at three. You need the quarterback and you hope it's him. And then I would just take as many receivers as possible, maybe trade up and get Odunze at like 11. You know, I don't know. I'm just trying to think here where you can maximize the amount of available draft capital you have. Trading. So if a team's trying to rebuild and you're trying to rebuild and the team that's trying to rebuild first says, here, take Justin Jefferson, we'll take the quarterback. That scares me a bit. Because what's Justin Jefferson going to be here if it's Mac Jones throwing him the ball? Right. And actually, Diggs never won the Bills a Super Bowl. Tyreek has not won the Dolphins a Super Bowl. You know, Adams was not a disaster, but he didn't exactly shake the world of the Raiders Foundation. So those, uh, you and I talked for years about how the Patriots should have traded for Diggs. But maybe that was not a win. And the Vikings got Jefferson with the pick they got they got for Steph Diggs, which was a late first round pick. So it, it I is, think that was a win win. Yeah, I guess it was a win win on both sides. But Diggs is I mean, Diggs is available. That's another guy that possibly I guess you could try to pry him away from the Bills. Yeah, I, but he's no now he's older. No, he's older and Diggs damaged. And Matt Mike Evans are no's for me. And to the people that are saying I they don't understand how the, the cap is crap and teams have more money. There's never been more revenue in the NFL. All the teams got an additional $300 million this offseason with the new TV deal. That's why the cap went up, which is what Bill Belichick told me in our first sit-down last August. The only person actually asked Bill Belichick about the salary cap was me for some reason. And, <laughs> and, and now, what was totally superfluous to building a team has now become even more irrelevant. So every team has the cash, and they don't have the convenient excuse about the salary cap because it went up massively so every team in the nfl cannot look in their fan base in the eye and say listen we'd love to keep whomever but we just can't but the cap is we're up against it that's no longer an excuse that owners can use you bring up collaboration and elliot wolf as well hard to not think of the current episodes of the dynasty that are out and the parcells thing where parcells appears robert and jonathan both talk about how selfish he was Parcells talks about how Kraft took the draft away from him. Are we back there now? Like, Kraft was definitely getting involved then. He drafted Terry Glenn, right? He came in and said, you're taking Terry Glenn. And and Bill Parcells said something that would have gotten him fired today. Which was? She. Oh, yeah, the she. Well, that was all year. And then he ended up loving Terry Glenn. But Kraft was right. Parcells didn't love Terry Glenn. Well, later in Dallas, didn't he come back and play for him in Dallas? I guess, but I mean. I I think they had, you know, a tough beginning, that's for sure. But... So Kraft, when left to his own devices, is going to meddle back in the draft again. So he may very well be making this pick with Elliot Wolf. And and that is the problem where the organization finds itself at this crossroads. And instead of going after 
I have no idea. The next Ozzie Newsom from Baltimore, the next you know great roster builder that's out there, they have allowed the same people. And, and this is what also gets me because we've learned already all the times Bill Belichick was wrong. The Crafts basically send out a tra- telegram every day where, do you remember fourth and two? Do you remember this mistake? If one of these guys, Elliot Wolf, Matt Groh, Robin Glasser, any of the people in the Patriots front office, if they had said, take DK Metcalf, don't you think we would have known by now, like, <laughs> that, like, oh, Elliot Wolf three years ago wanted Bill, like, Bill right, Pullian right, now right. says that he wanted to take Tom Brady in the first round. Like, we would know if these guys, because we know all about Nikhil Harry. We know we, everything Belichick did wrong. We have the full autopsy yeah. about oh, the yeah. guy that was the assistant coach with Herm Edwards who told Bill to take him and that Bill didn't listen. We would know by now if Elliot Wolf was on top of this year after year. And I have, he might be great, you know? Who knows? He's certainly worked his way. He hasn't been, like, working for his dad. He started there, but he's been around the NFL. He's got the experience. I don't think that's a total Nepo hire. But it is, it remains to be seen entirely. And you have Daniel Jeremiah this week saying that the Patriots were obsessed with need all these years. And he's saying Elliot Wolf won't be like that. Well, what's if his first pick is is a quarterback? Mm-hmm. Wouldn't that be obsessed well, right. with need? Texter is right. That should be the last thing. That probably should be the last piece you get, which is all part of the problem. All right, here we go. Patriots crossroads offseason. What should they do? Should they go after a receiver either in free agency or in the draft? 617-779-7937. I apologize for the, uh, <clears throat> for the alcoholic comment. That was, oh, it's all right. that was, I mean, that, that was low, low blow by me. You're, you're tired after a long <clears throat> ride. I am tired. I was rattled by the salary cap comment. And by the I'm way, sorry. it's don't need to apologize. You know I love you. Uh, um, your, your your memory is shot. The Spygate episode. I would love to just do a full. I just an autopsy with the uh, the Nikhil Harry pick. I don't think people want to talk about this one because it was they they quickly went past the two Super Bowl wins and into the muck. Don't you get the sense that it was like this was a painful watch for Patriots fans? Well, but. Sadly, the best two years in the history of the Patriots, where they went seventeen and two, so they went thirty four and four in two seasons, unbelievable. And that's with the first, you know, the first place record going up against the best teams. Yep. And you know, the, the Chiefs this regular season, you know, weren't great. The Patriots in 0304, and they were a bizarre loss to the Dolphins in this this like crazy December game where the Patriots were like fifteen point favorites. Away, and that's in the middle. They had the longest regular season win streak in NFL history, broken by Joey Porter and the um, mm-hmm. and the Steelers. Twenty one and done. And um, th- this, th- but this episode about Spygate reveals so much, and it reveals to me so many elements of the discrepancy between Tom and Bill. Well, good. I want to take get your takeaways on that. First, it's Joe B. and what's trending here in the Kenny Curtis Show. The Rich Keefe Show, weeknights starting at 6. Now, here's what's trending on WEEI. Celtics return to action for a primetime matchup in New York against the Knicks tonight. C's coming off their seventh straight victory in Chicago in their first game back post-All-Star break. Tip-off from Madison Square Garden is set for 8.30 elsewhere in the NBA. Steve Kerr is now the highest-paid head coach in history after agreeing to a two-year, $35 million extension. Bruins play game three of their four-game road trip. Tonight, they'll be in Vancouver to face the Canucks. Puck drop set for 7 o'clock. Bees have had five of their last six games go to overtime, including the previous four straight. They have won two of those games. Red Sox kicked off their spring training schedule with an exhibition against Northeastern yesterday. Today will be their first big league game against the Orioles. Garrett Whitlock will get the start on the mound. Hall of Famer Joe Castiglione and Rob Bradford will have the call at 105 right here on the Shaws of Star Market, WEEI Red Sox Radio Network. The NFL announced its salary cap will increase by $30.6 million to a record $255.4 million. This means that the Patriots will have roughly $83 million in cap space this offseason. In related news, Ian Rappaport stated that Bengals plan to use their franchise tag on receiver T. Higgins. And the Revolution kick off a new season on the road against D.C. United tonight at 7.30. This will be the first MLS game for new Revs head coach Caleb Porter. I'm Joe Braverman, and that's what's trending on WEI and WEI.com. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... 
what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. He was always somebody that worked hard. Obviously, when you have uh, the family history that he does, it would have been easy to maybe try and coast or cruise. He, didn't, he never did that. He, he started at the bottom. He worked his way up. Um, he kind of grinded through it. In terms of how it can change, I would say the Patriots were maybe one of the more uh, niche drafting teams in the league where they catch you off guard a little bit because it was so uh, obsessed with fit that they might take a guy two or three rounds before anybody else in the league would take him, and they don't really care because they're just winning trophies every year. I don't think Elliott will do that. I think you look at the Green Bay history, you know, some of the track record there. You look at offensive linemen that are versatile, um, you look at wide receivers who have kick return background that are really, really good after the catch. Um, you know, those are, are some of the traits uh, that, that just that jump out to me from the from the Packers and the way they've done things. Daniel Jeremiah of the NFL Network had a uh, big conference call this week talking about the draft. There he's discussing Elliot Wolf, the new decision maker of the Patriots. This is the Ken and Curtis show. Curtis, not real thrilled that Elliot Wolf is in charge and a collaboration of a thousand. However, Jeremiah makes a good point. It's not going to be a weird, you don't expect the Belichick niche draft taking Cole Strange, trading back for small school guy you've never heard of to continue, right? That's going to be a big shift. Right. But it is just amazing. It's one thing for me to say that Bill lost it and that it was time for him to go. It's another thing for the organization. This would be like the Patriots saying goodbye to Tom Brady and bringing in Cam. Oh, wait. So, um, but the way that they have addressed this, and I think it's also that it's going on as the dynasty is unfolding in the docuseries. Maybe I wouldn't have this feeling if these thoughts and just just blatant, you know, throwing Bill under the bus after, week after week on Apple TV wasn't happening. But who told Bill Belichick to take Tyquan Thornton? I think it was Matt Groh. He said, "If you want fast players, you got to draft fast players." Who can, you know, it was like Churchillian. But so, why is he still here? Right, right. I, I guess if Elliot Wolf finally got this opportunity, wouldn't he want to bring in some people? And if, if you he, love football, this is the place to be. Thank you, Matt. Uh, and and it wasn't Matt Grow here because of Bill and, and Al, his dad. Like I, I, as I said, I mean, he did have a long run with the Packers. That's true. But I'm talking about Matt Grow. Oh, Matt Grow. Why is he here? Yeah, that not as long. Of a tra- <laughs> and so, you know, if they're not drafting by need, well, okay. I mean, the Chiefs traded with the Patriots because they needed a cornerback, and they took McDuffie a couple years ago. How's that look? I feel like most teams Christian trade Christian Gonzalez was good. And this is also a Gresh thing where he's like, oh, Patriots fans hated them taking a guard, but they love it. It's like, no, it wasn't that they took a guard. It's that they mm. took Cole Strange, mm. where other teams were laughing at you. So if you... And that's the thing that always didn't make sense with Bill Belichick, which was he wouldn't budge off a nickel. Like, if he viewed you as a $9 million receiver, he wasn't going to 9.2, even if that's what would prevented you from going to the Raiders. But with the draft, he would overdraft. Instead of taking Cole Strange in the second or third round. Right, where he was valued, where you could still get him. Right. It was my, you know, yeah, stubbornness to prove a point. Right. So maybe that's gone, and that's a good thing. All right, so what will the Patriots do? Three weeks from free agency. Three weeks. Um, franchise tag deadline is March 5th. And then salary. Uh, the combine is this week. So it is all coming quick. And that will be the first phase. And then, of course, the draft in late April. But let's go to Ryan in Manchester to kick us off. 
here this morning. Hi, Ryan. Yeah, one time. Yeah, hey, guys. Yeah, one time, Elliot Wolf, he wrote on a bar napkin, and Patty Mahomes or nothing. He, he's, got, he's got a great background. Listen, he's got the easiest job in there. You know what he does? He relays what Jonathan Kraft wants. <laughs> and just to touch on, just to touch on your quarterback, I, I got to go back and forth with you on this, guys. They have one of the worst rosters in the league. First of all, Jaden Daniels is going to be the guy that's there. He's one year younger, not even, than Justin Fields, okay? You, have the, you think you have the confidence in this staff to take the third best quarterback and put him into this offense? By the time they're ready to win, he's going to be close to 30 years old coming off his rookie contract. <laughs> this is a multi-year rebuild. Take the best player in the draft because you're going to be right back here with Jonathan Kraft making the pick and get a quarterback then or go the vet route because mm. there's no way. You, 50% of these quarterbacks bust no matter what. You think you take – I don't care if it's Peyton Manning. You put him in this as a rookie, he's in big trouble. Take the best player, five-year rebuild, guys. Well, it's, it's hard to argue that point, that if you put Date Jane Daniels in this offense next year, you could be in for a disaster. You could ruin him. Well, Peyton Manning went, I think, 3-13. and He set the NFL record for interceptions in a season, which I think was breaking by Jameis, broken That's by Jameis. But here's the other thing. Why are the Bengals, or why were the Bengals in the Super Bowl and then in the AFC Championship the year after? Because they drafted Burrow, and then Burrow got hurt, and then they drafted Jamar Chase. Yeah. So they were able to get, in consecutive drafts, the quarterback. Multiple good players. T. Higgins, they had uh, the running back, Mixon. Right. But my point is is that if, if, they take, if the Patriots take Jaden Daniels, and he has a similar year to Anthony Richardson, right, where he plays six games, gets hurt, and they go 3-14. and 14. Well, then you're going to be at the top of the draft. You don't hopefully need to take a quarterback again, but you take a receiver next year. And I understand taking the best player available. I get it. But the NFL really should have a quarterback cap. If they really wanted to have you know equity of, of teams, you would have separate structures for the paying of the quarterback. And I think that might happen. Because if you get Jaden Daniels on a rookie deal, which is just about the cash spending, the organization is able to have a four- to five-year run where you can get a championship if everything goes your way. Another thing, I, I can't say I've, like Shime, dug deep into the draft crop of receivers beyond Marvin Harrison Jr., but I just pulled up a list this morning, and there are two LSU guys in the top five, Malik Neighbors and Brian Thomas Jr. Does that give you pause that it's like a Mac Jones part two, that he was flashing based on good talent around him? Well, where did I hear this? I don't know. I heard someone say, uh, this is not my opinion, but I, I agreed with it. Somebody on one of the networks said, that the transfer portal is essential for guys like Jaden Daniels. That if not for the arrival at LSU with Brian Kelly, Jaden Daniels is probably a third round pick, which scared the crap out of me. Right, right. right so right. it's almost smoke and mirrors. And it, the reason I would initially be more into Drake May is that he's a guy that elevated around him, but he didn't really elevate. They lost to Virginia, and I still have Mitch Trubisky vibes. Did he beat BC? Uh, I think they did. I don't know if the, did, did Drake may play BC. I have to check I, into that. I don't know. Let's go to John in Cambridge. Hello, John. Hey guys, I gotta think. I think we should trade the pick away. See if Minnesota will give us Cousins and Jefferson, and let them keep their eleventh pick, and then we build that offensive line. Who would you because take? We're not gonna go nowhere with that quarterback. It's who do just you, a guess. Who do you take at eleven, though, John? What position? Ah, uh, that's that's uh, a lineman. Lineman. Oh. A good lineman. That guy. That is so scary, though. You pass on the quarterback. You trade down. You take a lineman. Yeah. You take Cousins, though. You want to see if you want to give up Cousins. If you don't give up Cousins, he's 35, then you, you like, go a just, route. I can't go Cousins. He, he, why would you take a 35-year-old quarterback who wants paid big time? Yeah. I, You're not there. You're not and, and close to there. Uh, Cousins is past his ceiling. Like, he's on the other side. So, well, and, not Brady wasn't. Well, right. Well, everybody's going to be Brady. Uh, but... The other thing is, is he had O'Connell, who was an excellent offensive coordinator, calling his plays. You've got Alex Van Pelt, odd commodity. Alex Van Pelt was, talk (laughs) about the opposite of inspiring. Oh, my God. Yeah, what did you come away thinking his offense is going to look like? I came away, I was thinking uh, Jimmy Johnson had dinner with Bill and his his lady friend. I could just picture Bill sitting in his, you know, four seasons and just laughing his ass off. I want your reaction to episode four of Dynasty in a second, but let's go to... Bob in Londonderry. Hello, Bob. Hey, guys. I enjoy the show. I wanted to uh, address my uh, questions or feelings to Curtis. Uh, Curtis, I don't always agree with you, but I'll give you credit. You are a diehard 
sincere Patriots fan, and you're right on everything you pretty much always say about what's, where they are now, how they got here. But may I ask you, if you had to go on a limb, would you agree with me that the upcoming season and seasons to come, I'll go that far, uh, I think you're in all kinds of trouble. The Patriots, it's not because of Gerard Mayo. Uh, I don't think you're going to get any, any kind of positive results between him uh, starting new and experienced, B, the coaches that he's now getting, and see the team, uh, if you're expecting any major changes in talent, uh, I'm not sure that's even going to get here. And sadly enough, I think what you see is going to be this waste, Curtis, to maybe your son is 10 years old. Oh, that's man. a long time. Jeez, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but that's just my outside opinion. You know, be far from Londonderry, you know me. Yep. I'm always pretty negative, but I'm a realist. That would be the longest. That would be the worst stretch of Patriots football ever. Maybe from like, I mean, you had eighty-five to ninety-six, right? Eleven years. Yeah, I'm just grateful that seventy-two to eighty-five, whatever. That when James was about six months, he could see Tom Brady's comeback against the Saints on Monday Night Football because <laughs> that'll be as good as it gets. No, I, I, it's going to be a while, but it doesn't have to be. You know, you look at what Nikisario did with uh, D'Amico Ryan's and the Texans. The Texans are the model. They're the model. You have, you know, you have a great, you know. Uh, Player relating offense uh, head coach who used to coach the defense in a linebacker in Gerard Mayo, and you have a young up and coming GM, I guess, and Elliot Wolf, and you try and navigate these waters. But you even look at the Texans; they have Tunsil as a left tackle. I mean, they had more people on their roster actually to to build around. And the other thing is, is if Aaron Rodgers is healthy, and we expect he will be, the division is automatically two more games more difficult. Where the Jets are have been the only team who've really been dominating. You think Aaron Rodgers against whomever the Patriots have next year is going to be a mismatch? So, T- Texans' top two receivers, third-round picks, Nico Collins, Tank Dell, third-round right. draft picks. Well, I mean, who's the guy with the Rams? Puka, I mean. Puka Nakua. I mean, those, they're out there, but what the Patriots were able to take advantage of, and it's what the Chiefs are doing now for so many years, Fifth-round pick, Nakua. Is you're able to take a flyer on a guy that other teams may be too risk-averse because your roster is so good and you're a destination, not because of cap reasons or cash. It's because if all things are equal, I want to be on a team that has a shot to win a Super Bowl. And the Patriots, obviously... <laughs> I mean, how many primetime games do you think they'll have next year? Two? I mean, they have to have one, right? Right. Because um, Thursday, well, th- Thursday doesn't really count, so two, I guess. But one, if you don't count Thursday night. It is incredible. And and the ownership. So if we want to do it quickly on the, yes. on the dynasty, so now did you rewatch these or is this all all from the well, first ten I, session I, binge? We'll, we'll see if I can remove the Ray Rice poor analogy. Um, <laughs> that is so crazy. And it was like I remembered these videos, and it was just the timing had been totally flipped. But it was Goodell was returning a favor or whatever. So here's what happened: Spygate. I remember vividly. Super Bowl Sunday, Super Bowl 42, Glendale, Arizona. The Patriots are 18 and 0, massive favorites against the Giants. The big story all week before the Tomasi report was Brady's ankle, the boot that he was seen spotted in walking around New York City. The thing that was really the douche move by Brady is he had the New York Yankees hat on as he's about to go play the Giants. Well, and Giselle works her way into this docu series. It's a foreshadowing, I'm assuming, of things to come here. Right. This is the blame Giselle right. foundation. Uh and so the day that that, I can't tell you, I was producing a show with Kevin Winter and rest his soul, Russ Francis. Wow. And that day, Kevin didn't want to talk about it. I'm like, Kevin, it's kind of a story. He's like, it's going to hurt them. I'm like, Well, first of all, nobody's listening. About the Tomasi report? Yeah. It was crazy. But um, so that was the biggest kick in the nuts because you had worked the entire season after week one, a season where Tom Brady did whatever he could to prove that the coach was not a cheater, that mm-hmm. they were a better team. When Bill was at his lowest point, Tom Brady had the best season of his career. And don't forget that, because that's what I'm sure is in Tom's mind later on when they get to deflate gate. Because there cannot be a bigger juxtaposition between how those two related to the other when they were at a point where they actually needed a hand. Yeah, and actually, I mean, the team rallied around Bill. They showed that very clearly. They obviously they throw Bill into the bus here. Kraft does in regards to Spygate, but he there are times in this where obviously the Brady Bledsoe decision, Bill comes off looking good. Right, and Robert Kraft, 
who something he didn't do for Tom, made sure that Bill Belichick was not suspended mm-hmm. by by Roger Goodell. But the biggest and most bizarre moment. So you have Super Bowl Sunday, you have this report, and I remember the Patriots reporting was that you know they had warned them that this was not true. They had been told about it day after day. Their attorneys had been in touch with the Herald. And the line of the whole episode is Jonathan Kraft saying, if the Herald was worth anything, we would have owned it. <laughs> That's amazing. Great line. And and, and, by, and I'm not the pilot on Tomasi. I like Tomasi. But you deserve to be piled on with this. But the report cannot be put back in the bottle. It's As a guy who worked in another market that hated the Patriots, it is still out there as truth. Still. From some of the people. It, that it happened, it's fact. They filmed the Rams walkthrough. And, and here's this is why the, the the world, the football world outside of these six states, was frothing at the mouth yep. for anything oh, to give them that definitely. would give them ammunition <laughs> against the Patriots. And all it did was because it's it's very hard to accept someone's better than you at anything, but it's really hard to accept that your Steelers team just got embarrassed again. And up, oh, Marshall mean, Falk, Marshall Falk, you look yep. at. All these guys, Eagles, and, and no matter that there was an apology on the front page of the Herald, no matter that that John Tomasi said it was a catastrophic jump to conclusion, it is gone. It is forever <laughs> into people's, you know, and, and, and that night, I think it was already, I, I don't blame John Tomasi, I don't, but to not think that that added another layer of stress on a team that was already as tightly wound as he could possibly be is maybe the biggest mistake in the history of Boston sports media. Now, this caller just said you're like the quintessential Patriots fan, which is not true because you were a Bucks fan for the last couple of years. But anyway, if that's true in some sense, did it bother you that they glossed over the second and third Super Bowl in this docuseries and go right to the drama, right to the negative? No, because... I- I've seen, I've watched the three games to glory a couple times on those teams. I lived it. I, I, I don't. I'm not mad about it. I, I, I found it fascinating. Again, the the absolute madness of destroying the tapes. Well, it's so bizarre because Goodell is still hated here, right? But outside, that was seen as Goodell doing Kraft a favor, obviously by ruining, uh, getting rid of the evidence. People then, were enraged by that, and they made Goodell look like an idiot. They showed that press conference <laughs> where he's asked about yeah, it, yeah, yeah, and yeah. he's and he just humming a humming a humming a. He had no answer. And the notion that you couldn't remove the tapes from the building and maintain their uh, whatever status or right. functionality keep, keep them safe somewhere is so laughably <laughs> absurd. <laughs> Let's go to Dave and Weston on the Dynasty series. We're going to call there. Hi, Dave. Hey, how you doing, guys? So if, if there was any question about whether this Apple thing was maybe not so much a hit piece on Bill, but like slanted away from him, uh, these past couple episodes kind of prove it, right? Where, you know, I think in the, over, in the overall uh, dynasty of the 20 years, I think people probably give Bill more credit for the early years because Tom wasn't really Tom yet, and Tom more credit for the later years. And to glance over 38 and 39 – uh, over a, you know this big long series and just glanced over two of the greatest years in, in football history, right? It's kind of silly, um, but it, it would have made Bill look good, right? Because it was back to back Super Bowls. But you know they've they've lost me. The Pats have lost me. The Sox have lost me. Like back in the old days, if if a thing like this came out or anything about the O four series, I mean I would send the family out and cover the room in plastic and break out the olive oil and and just have a couple days. But now I don't care, right? I, like I I don't have Apple. I won't get Apple. Uh, in this Netflix thing with the Sox, I don't. I could care less about it, right? So they've they've lost me, but I'm not in their demographic, so they probably don't care. But uh, just that's it's clear that it was a, it was a headpiece. Now, thanks, David. Well, it is. What's also clear is to reminisce about Super Bowl 36 and see the shots at Government Center and uh, the parades, like the passion. The first one, they beat the Red Sox to the title. It just is. It is unmatched. You can't replicate that. Here we are, 20 years later, and that is still like the peak of the peak of fandom. I mean, that the coolest thing, so two of the first three parades. First parade was on my senior skip day. We all skipped high school class, went to City Hall Plaza. And then the third championship, the parade was my 21st birthday, which was obviously the last thing I needed. But uh, <laughs> but, but the, the, the City Hall conclusion, and I, it must be security related. Yeah, and, do and, away with it now. But those were 
awesome. It's a great I mean, scene, yeah. I, I, but it, it must have been a nightmare right after 9-11 that you have like a million people. <laughs> Cold as hell, too. The grossest thing when people were like throwing bottles of urine, that was not fun. But it was a, the, the beginning of that dynasty, the, the importance of it cannot be overstated. You were in college here at the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, nobody thought good things were ever happening to the teams here. Well, the other takeaway of this series is <clears throat> when you watch Spygate again, how important the second part of the dynasty was to, again, silence the critics who thought the first one was a fraud. But it, it, not only that, the, the singular event of Russell Wilson dropping back to pass. <laughs> I mean, if not for that, and honestly, you know who, who I'm glad, you know, Dante Hightower, we talked about the new coaches, he's back as the linebacker coach, one of the more underrated players in the history of the Patriots. And that tackle of Marshawn Lynch with one shoulder is what set the set the 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 wheels in motion for the yeah. greatest most impactful play in the history of the NFL because you have the Seahawks about to go back to back against Peyton Manning and Tom Brady. Yep. Russell Wilson has two. Now, you know, one of the bigger dorks in the NFL. Well, we got a Russell Wilson caller on the board. Modern oh. day thought of where the Patriots should go. We continue that discussion. Crossroads Patriots offseason. How do they handle quarterback receiver rebuilding the offense? How long will it take? Six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven, and I do think Parcells is still one of the key features of this two series that were released on Apple. I want to ask you about Parcells next. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. After the whole Spygate thing, we had a lot of emotions for Bill. Hate, love, I mean, everything, everything. But he was ours. And everybody's just going after our coach. Bill would never express how he despised everything that was said. Like trying to invalidate everything that we've done because of a signal. But this is how we knew when he felt it. That offense kept scoring. Teddy Bruschi, part of the out uh, uh, clip outs from uh, Borrowed Time and Spygate, episodes three and four of the new Apple Plus series, Dynasty. Kenny Curtis here. So, Bill in this, just to get back to him, I mean, doesn't look good there, obviously, but how good does he look giving Lawyer Malloy his room, which I never knew about that story, uh, the week of thir- Super Bowl 36? And then just the fact that he called Bledsoe up to the hotel room, told him you're out, Brady's the guy, team didn't crumble, team wins the Super Bowl. That is, leg- they didn't spend enough time on that decision. They they talked a little bit about Brady versus Bledsoe, but didn't really hang on the decision that Bill made there, which is all time, all time. What I wish I heard more of is what I hear from Wiggy, which is the real feeling about those Patriots players and their feelings towards Tom Brady. Yeah. Because the the 2014-16-18 Patriots champions grew up idolizing or at least, you know, looking up to Tom Brady. They When they arrived, he was already a Hall of Famer, one of the great quarterbacks of all time. When I always think to that Goodwill hunting scene. Um, I just, the, you got to dump that. You can't say the P word. Oh, so the Goodwill hunting line where Robin Williams says to the Fields Medal winner, that you were pimple-faced didn't know which side of the bed to pee on. Thank you. And that's what I think Vrabel, McGinnis, Wiggy, Brewski, those guys obviously have grown to admire Tom. Who wouldn't? But that Tom Brady was far different. Tom Brady went into a room with Ty Law in it and with, you know, all these guys, and Troy I, Brown. And I shouldn't be the only one to body shamer, but but how fat does his face look compared to the current Tom Brady? It's like a different guy. No, I, looks I, like me. I sent a text to Stacey James during it, and I said, it's amazing. You look almost as young, and Brady looks younger now. And it is true. But th- those teams, I would have loved to have seen the raw reaction of Brewski and McGinnis of the Ty Laws who, when they found out that Bledsoe was not starting. Right. 
and some honest reaction to maybe what they thought when Brady didn't take a knee, when they when they tried to score, and, and you know what the risk was there. That decision is as massive as any sports decision in any market of all time. And Bill was, you know, to, to do that in the week between without the extra week was unbelievable. And the other thing is, I would have loved to have heard the players after that report and and how that impacted their. We had Heath Evans on the old show years ago. And he said uh, something to the effect of that they went to this awful hotel. It was brutal. The beds were awful. Like, it was a disaster. Like, stuff like that behind the scenes. Well, that's kind of the lawyer Malloy room thing. He hated his room, and, he, you know, they were complaining about it. So they did talk- Super Bowl 36? Yeah. No, I'm talking about the, the one with the spy game. Oh, oh, oh. So they, they were in Glendale. In Glendale. And, and, and how the Tomasi story, because we didn't hear any players really talk about Tomasi. And and what that did day of game, right? And because obviously you have Robert Kraft and Jonathan, you know, calling attorneys all weekend, and just the other is a, a good point on the, the text. I know you're going to get to it, but the you know they show the Moss near touchdown, which I'm glad they showed because I have blacked out the end of that game. <laughs> like I great I, throw by Brady, Got unbelievable. Would have well, been the, not long enough, right? I mean, but. Maybe they should have done some rollouts earlier there, Josh. I mean, unbelievable. If but Giselle hadn't weakened his legs the week of, right? Then he would have got it an extra half a yard. Unbelievable! What that play would have meant. Like talk about historic times, historic walk off nineteen and zero. I mean, it would have been similar to that, the the late touchdown in week sixteen where he threw the pass yeah, to yeah. Randy down the sideline. But the the Asante Samuel dropped interception. We all talk about Tyree, but. People talk about the Tyree catch. Of course, it's one of the most unbelievable catches in sports history. But it's unbelievably, it's unbelievable that he just kept it to his helmet. Like, the Edelman catch in Super Bowl 51 was skill. Yeah, but it was not just Tyree. It was also Eli. Right, but I, I get it. But my point is is that Eli just threw a lollipop. <laughs> yeah. And, and Rodney, instead of, you know, going all into him, tried to knock the ball off, and it knocked it into the helmet. But I'm saying, like, the, the, the Brady's pass should have been picked off. It was deflected. Edelman is able to, with a half an inch over the ground, maintain the ball off the ground. It was a play that required far more skill than the Tyree catch. Okay, Parcells real quick. Now, Parcells appears in this kind of out of nowhere. They flash back to, you know, the Super Bowl, the 96 uh, season. So here's his comment. Here's an out clip from the, uh, from the episode. We finally got some success, but I felt like Kraft wasn't always in line with the things that I knew to be in the best interest of building a team. Kraft had no real background in football, and in his inexperience, took the draft away from me, and he gave it to somebody else. I felt like some people that were incompetent were making decisions for the organization personnel-wise, and I didn't like it. And I knew I wasn't going back to the Patriots. Do you you agree with Parcells? You're saying the same things here today about this year's draft that he said back then. Why are these incompetent people making the decisions on who to draft? He was going to take Tony Brackens, right? That was locked in. D-lineman. Right. Kraft said, we're taking Terry Glenn. That's amazing. Well, the thing that I don't... I, I In my experience in this field, the more I learn, the more I know what I don't know. And... And you're, the reason you have success or failure is that you're able to understand your strengths and, and your weaknesses and, and not act like there are none. What it strikes me as is that Robert, in this bizarre quest to sully the name of Bill Belichick at every turn, <laughs> has almost had that like men in black, you know, light in front of him where he's forgotten how much success this guy helped bring here. And yes, it was a lot of Brady, of course. But as you just discussed, Robert Kraft wanted Bledsoe in 01. Bill wanted Brady. What are we doing today if that decision was made by Robert Kraft? Like, I, everybody knows my feelings on Bill Belichick. They're well established. He was a dink just to be a dink. He, he, he made the wrong decision on Tom. He lost track of what made them great. But he was still the greatest run, or, or architect of the greatest run in the history of the NFL. So for now... It's honestly like that 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 um, Gerard Mayo's taken over for Rich Cotite. <laughs> it's like, oh, forget about that last guy. He sucked. Like it's bizarre. And in the Parcells thing, I'm sorry. I've been corrected by the Patriots. 
They say I'm wrong when I say that that Robert Kraft has, has they say that Robert Kraft would happily induct Bill Parcells. No way. To the you cannot Hall. watch this and think that he'll ever get in the Patriots Hall of Fame. Never, I, never, never, never. I'm telling you, I have had many phone a phone call that was impassioned from the Patriots that I was wrong, that Robert Kraft would absolutely do it. I'm sorry. They hate one another. This was a they did a hit piece on Parcells wedged into the. If you think it's a Belichick hit piece. They also hit, I mean, they destroy Parcells there. Do you think there's any chance we get Benedict to call in briefly this morning? I'm serious. <laughs> oh, Jeff Benedict? I, I, have, I, I just am so curious about when they decided to go to air with this. Because to me, you were in uh, PA this week with family. So I said when we were discussing this, because Greg has been saying, like, you know, Greg has been great on it. He's talking about how, how wrong it is, what they're doing to Bill, and how he doesn't understand this. Because what if the Patriots hadn't gone 4-13 and and they went 8-9? and nine, And this comes out now. And Robert Kraft says all these things like it'd be untenable. So it was almost like they knew they were going to have him in Maybe his final they did. year. Maybe they did. So I so I found out the first teaser for this documentary came three days after they lost in Germany. Oh, well, there it is. And that was the current report, which you guys mocked, but current but, was right on the money. But, but Paul Perillo mocked my tweet saying that this is the very definition of coincidence. So I would love to know if, if, if Jeff Benedict could say one way or the other when they decided that this was the year they were going to run it. Can we do one Parcells segment? Sure. I would like some callers on this. If you watch the Dynasty and the Parcells clip that goes in there, you feel better about Parcells, worse. I mean, you, these people, you lived it. So, you. I mean, people are kind of, they have their sides. Will he ever get in the Patriots Hall of Fame? Does he deserve more credit or less credit than he gets? 6177, that's a lot of questions. 6177, And what do you think I just about? I think he's fascinating. What do you think about Joe Stiggs, 42nd year? Stop. Hall of Famer today, 1 o'clock with Rob Bradford. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.